So it's the Christmas season back in 1996. The national average of a house in 1996 is $118,000. Rent is just under $600. Dolly the Sheep has become the first cloned mammal. The Macarena tops the Billboard's Hot 100 list. And Mariah Carey's and Boys to Men's One Sweet Day comes right behind it. That song gets me every time. Nintendo releases its first 3D gaming console, the Nintendo 64. Um, and <laughs> did you know Wes Craven's postmodern horror masterpiece, uh, Scream, came out on Christmas Day of 1996, which feels... Uh, I, I don't know. It was smart because it, it obviously it obviously gained an audience, but uh, it feels a little feels a little wild. <laughs> That's when they chose to do that, considering you know within the first ten minutes of the movie, Drew Barrymore, an American sweetheart at that time, is basically uh, shown slaughtered on screen. But then also uh, that same week, uh, Bongo Java becomes famous for the first of a few hot minutes related to a bun that bore a striking resemblance to Mother Teresa. This is Nashville Demystified. I am your host, Alex Steed. Nashville Demystified is typically a show in which I get to know this city better by talking with the folks who live, work, agitate, and make art here. After spending every waking minute at Americana Fest last week, I am taking a breather. And so this is a mere quickie, although it didn't end up being quick, <laughs> about Bongo Java's nun bun. And, uh, you know, while it's relatively quick, the story has it all, really. It has a possible sign from God as an unexpected explosion of fame, actually several unexpected explosions of fame, uh, threats of legal action, a heist, a kidnapping, and more. Also, a quick bonus fact, in researching this episode or doing research for this episode, I found out that there is a pastry with Acadian roots uh, that you can find in Montreal called the uh, Pet de Seur, uh, which translates to nun's fart. <laughs> Has nothing to do with today's tale. But I thought it would be a shame if I did not share what I found while uh, trying to understand the nun bend better. Uh, the pet de sur, my French accent is horrendous, but that means nun's fart in case you needed uh, to have that information. Maybe it'll benefit you one day uh, uh, on a game show. Do you know, actually, that I used to be a, a person of little means who lived in New York City, um, big New York. I lived in Brooklyn. I lived in Clinton Hill specifically. I got into a cab once and that cab was on cash cab. <laughs> and I uh, got up to potentially winning a thousand dollars, which would have come in handy as a, as an unpaid intern living in New York, uh, working at night, you know, uh, uh, at a cafe. Uh, it would have been great to win $1,000, but I was bad at the kinds of trivia that were being thrown at me. So I, I lost on Cash Cab. Anyway, uh, you know, hopefully knowing about the nun's fart will help you in a similar situation at some point in your future. National Demystified is made possible thanks so much to support from Knack Factory, a commercial video production house here in the city. And we own this town, a collective of podcasts produced by Nashvillians. Uh, every week I try to tell you about a We Own This Town show, um, but you should listen to the show, the flagship show, We Own This Town, which introduces you to a number of amazing Nashville musicians. Every week it is fabulous. It is run by my friend Michael Eads. I just love it. 
Speaking of Nashville musicians, I was at Americana Fest, as I said at the beginning of this episode. I can't say enough about how wonderful of a time that was. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a festival and showcase that happens here in the city. It happens for a week. It's got a conference element. It's got it's got the element of uh, shows. Too many great things to count, but I saw uh, Anthony DaCosta through a show called FOMO, and it just had a number of of his friends and collaborators there that really blew my mind. There, I was taken by Caitlin Rose, who's just a phenomenal singer herself, songwriter. Um, Saw Ruth Moody, wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, person and singer, and then saw among again, I can't, I can't say enough among so many great things. Uh, in performances and musicians, Aaron Ray's uh, Carpenters related or Carpenters inspired show that was thrown into Five Spot, and 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 just featured, you know, fabulous musician after fabulous musician, um, um, Willie Hyatt, Nicole Atkins, Kaylin uh, uh, Rose again, just 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 person after person after person blowing your mind playing songs that were inspired by you know the vibe of the carpenters <laughs> uh, you know essentially essentially a covers night everyone was in full uh, time and themed regalia things were just a delight you know the place was was packed I typically don't do well in settings where I'm so close to people for hours on end, but um, it was well worth it. And and kudos to Aaron for putting that on. It was just just amazing. So Americana Fest all around a wonderful time. Um, I feel badly knowing I'm omitting uh, talking about a number of great musicians who I saw as well. But but uh, uh, how about this? Go to the website. I will I will list some of the greatness that I saw and, and hopefully that will serve as big knowledge for who I'm forgetting right now but it wasn't for a lack of, of quality uh, uh, showings and performance the whole way through okay uh, one more thing before we start follow us like us subscribe to us do all the things honestly it really does help support what we're doing please tell your friends share episodes do all that we're on Instagram we're on Twitter we're on The Proof that God has a dark sense of humor that is Facebook. Um, you know, normally when we do these tags, we try to find a way to shit on Facebook effectively. And, and uh, I think that's the one for the week. A while back, I asked the Nashville Reddit community what stories about Nashville history deserve extra attention, particularly for people like me who are relatively new to the city. And, and Redditor Molly McDeath um, who was more or less wholly responsible for facilitating our episodes about Ernest, uh, Molly suggested I spend time with the nun bun of Bongo Java. Um, I love, uh, I love that we've hopped from third man records to the death penalty to a bun that, you know, bore a striking resemblance to mother Teresa. Uh, this podcast and its subject matter very closely resembles how my brain and attention span works. So before the internet, seeing religious iconography and things was a super big deal. It happened a lot. I mean, it, it happens still. I um, mean, you catch stories about this here and there, but I, I seem to remember this happening a lot. 
in in the nun bun played into that and i realized that i was familiar with this bun without realizing it was a part of nashville lore so i can't be sure you know there are a number of smarter people in the world who can confirm this i bet but it seems like this was even a bigger deal before the introduction of the smartphone because i imagine you know i I don't know instead of whatever the hell it is we do on our phones all day you know people would just sit around and look at things (laughs) (laughs) and think and be bored. And that was good for a lot of things. That was good for creativity. That was good for noticing what was around you. And, you know, you had to wait in line. You just stood there. You looked ahead of you. You might even talk to the people around you, whatever. You know, you might read a page from your Douglas Copeland book. Uh, You might have just done nothing but just looked with your eyes. And that's exactly what was happening uh, when a customer at Bongo Java uh, noticed that one of the buns on display looked like Mother Teresa. At least I imagine that's what happened. We know that a customer spotted this bun. We don't know the exact circumstance as far as as far as all my poking around. What my poking around is revealed, but we know that someone you know, saw something in a bun. And I think it was like on display and they probably noticed it because I have a feeling that if they took it back to their table and they noticed it, they would be famous for the nun bun, you know, not, not uh, bongo java. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. A couple more pieces of context for those who aren't, weren't, excuse me, those who were not fully conscious in the 1990s. Uh, Mother Teresa was a nun and a missionary known in the Catholic church as St. Teresa of Calcutta. She devoted her life to caring for the sick and poor. She was used by many as a binary for being an exceptionally good person. You know, like a good person was a real Mother Teresa. Um, I don't know what that says about us, but we used to say that. <laughs> so a Catholic nun, I mean, she 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 ran a number of like hundreds of houses um, specifically for the poor. I think that were uh, located in, I think, over 100 countries throughout the world. Um, pretty, you know, pretty substantial footprint. So a Catholic nun and missionary, she had views about contraception and abortion that were not progressive. Um, and you know, could be argued that played into feeding, feeding the poverty that she was, uh, fighting and her approaches to anti-poverty work generally were problematic. Um, she was criticized for as much by people throughout her career. And after the fact, uh, most notably by Christopher Hitchens, But she was routinely recognized globally as one of the most admired people on the planet throughout the later half of the 20th century. Um, Keep in mind, like, like for a long time, again, before the Internet entered our lives as intensely as it did, um, we were just like not kind of non-critical about everything. Like before September 11th and before uh, the Internet. And I'm not saying that we've made (laughs) the greatest strides because of some of the circumstances we're in now. But basically, like if someone was like known, that's all that really mattered. There weren't deep dives. uh, uh, There weren't hot takes. (laughs) That, that dismantled uh, some mythologies. Uh, so, so Mother Teresa was almost like unquestionably the best as far as everyone was concerned. And for any outsiders listening in, a little background on Bongo Java. Bongo Java is it now has a bunch of locations and properties and is, is you know different brands. Uh, but it's Nashville's oldest coffee house. It opened in 1993, three years before all this went down. And it opened in a cafe coffee house frenzy 
that occurred in the early to mid nineties. You obviously recall that friends took place at uh, central park, you know, a coffee shop where people were just like hanging around and doing things. So I married an ax murderer, uh, was, was, a hilarious Mike Myers comedy, uh, that centered around the nineties cafe culture. Um, you know, singles, there was, there were just cafes were a place that you would go and not have a job and you'd, or you'd have, you'd have minimal employment and you just like hang out and, uh, 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 maybe see some people play music you know, you weren't paying a ton of money to live where you were living. So you could, you know, there was more leisure time. Um, and people just hung out at cafes and Bongo Java was one of these places that came out of that movement. Um, according to their website, the company grew through a series of accidents, unexpected opportunities and operational needs. I imagine the Nunbun saga overlaps a few of these categories. Like I said earlier, seeing religious symbols and everyday things has happened a bunch before. Popes have shown up on toast. Mary has shown up in grilled cheese sandwiches. Jesus's face has shown up on pans of bacon and on fish sticks. According to an NPR story by Juan Vidal, this phenomenon is called a periodolia. Um, and in, in this story that ran on NPR about this, King Lee, a developmental psychologist at the University of Toronto, explained, it turns out that face periodoria affects the parts of our brain that are responsive to real faces. So in other words, if you're experiencing such a phenomenon, nothing is wrong with your brain. Thank you, King Lee, for letting us know that nothing is wrong with us for seeing Mother Teresa in a bun. Uh, more from that article, brain scans show that when we see a face, this part of the brain is called the fusiform face, and it lights up. So when we see a face, uh, this part of the brain just lights right up. And we can also see it light up when we see things that kind of look like faces too. So basically, uh, if we see something where we recognize a face, our brain says, that's a face. Hey, buddy, that is a face. Listen up. Listen to me. Your brain. This is the fusiform face segment talking. That is absolutely a face. Anyway, shit got real uh, pretty fast at Bongo. And this is an interesting element of the story. It is basically a picture of early viral fame. Um, but it, it, it has a foot in how virality used to work before the internet and then uh, how it worked when the internet was, you know, was finally a thing. A story ran in the Tennessean, and from there it got picked up in USA Today. There were nods to the phenomenon on Letterman, on The Nanny, and Mad About You, and very quickly this became a deal that people throughout the country knew about. You know, there's a bun in Nashville, Tennessee. It has the likeness of Mother Teresa on it. So people began to come to the shop to see the bun. It was a big, big deal, and it's worth noting that this is where it sort of becomes, you know, um viral, you know, a viral sensation that we know that is more typical to the internet. Because uh, according to the Bongo website, someone came into the shop and they said, hey, you know, you should have a website about this. This is like a big deal. And so that person, I think, built a site that was basically just, you know, b the Bongo website. And it was just a picture of the bun and maybe a couple words around it. And it got a million views, which, which, or a million visits is what we would have said back then. But it, this is a huge deal because a, a website in the mid nineties getting a million views for any reason was nuts. And in, you know, like before, 
uh, before things went viral, you know, every day, thousands of times a day, it was a real substantial phenomenon when that would happen. So this happened. Uh, Bongo has a website. It's just a picture of Mother Teresa. Um, over a million people are going to check it out. And they are awarded best local website by the national scene. <laughs> Which is quite an honor. Quite an honor in the mid-90s to get recognized for that sort of thing. So <clears throat> Bongo, you know, they shellacked the bun to preserve it. And they began selling merchandise, including t-shirts, prayer cards, and special roasts. Bongo was, up to that point... Uh, calling the bun the Mother Teresa Miracle Nun Bun. And so, you know, uh, some time goes by, and then Bongo receives a letter from Mother Teresa's attorney. Uh, uh, Mother Teresa wouldn't even, just for some background, Mother Teresa wouldn't even let uh, her name be used on Bibles to raise money for the poor, so she wasn't stoked on Bongo using her name to sell T-shirts and merchandise. In 1997, the spokesman, the newspaper, the spokesman ran an article with perhaps the clunkiest headline I've ever read for real. It is the following mother Teresa isn't sweet on the nun button. She asks coffee house to stop merchandising her likeness that a customer saw in pastry. Oh, cool. That is, uh, that is a hell of a headline. <laughs> It quotes a letter that Mother Teresa sent to Bongo owner Bob Bernstein, in which she says, My legal counsel has written asking you to stop, and now I am personally asking you to stop. I do know that you have not done anything out of ill will, and so trust that you will understand and respect my wish. God bless you. From Mother Teresa. Signed. Signed by Mother Teresa. <laughs> In the same article, Bernstein said, I've made so little money on this that there's no point in antagonizing anybody, which, you know, is him basically saying that they're not going to pursue this further than they have to. So this is when the shop pivoted to exclusively using the term nun bun. According to her attorney, Mother Teresa had a good sense of humor about all of this. He said, she runs an order of 570 houses in 100 countries, administering to the poorest of the poor. In the grand scheme of things, this hasn't had a lot of her attention. Uh, the Bongo website says, Mother Teresa actually enjoyed the nun bun. As reported by her attorney, she joked about it weeks before she died. The attorney the eventual saint in her replacement were discussing issues that needed to be solved before mother Teresa died. The outline of our nun bun settlement came up. She looked at her replacement and said, tell those people in Tennessee to find a bun that looks like her on a retrospective post about the whole thing. Bongo employee Jackson O'Brien delivered a variation of the anecdote. He said, we like to think that she actually was tickled by the bun itself, as when she was passing on her duties to her successor in Calcutta, her successor expressed worry that she wouldn't be as universally loved as Mother Teresa, to which Mother Teresa responded, don't worry about it, just have them bake something that looks like you, they'll love you. And so that was that. <laughs> but then there's more. There's more. There's more to the story somehow. About a decade after the nun bun was discovered, somebody uh, took the hinges off the front door of Bongo Java at night. Uh, they, they broke in and they kidnapped the nun bun. All this happened, uh, by the way, on Christmas Eve. The thief took nothing but the bun. Despite its notoriety, the police 
put its value at $25 in the police report, which I find to be hilarious. My favorite bit from all this came from Bob Bernstein uh, discussing the theft slash kidnapping on Keith Olbermann's show. Um, Again, this is back in the mid-2000s. Keith Olbermann's a very big deal then. Uh, Olbermann asks, did you ever think it was divinely lifted into the heavens? To which Bernstein responds, well, if it did, then there likely would have been a hole in our roof instead of a front door off its hinges. (laughs) (laughs) which is just fantastic. The police closed the case in 2006. So it's done, right? It's done. No, it's not done. In 2007, the Tennessean received a letter postmarked from Seattle that says she's in good hands. Accompanying it was a photograph of a young bearded man resembling Jesus lying on a sunny beach, holding the nun bun in his outstretched hand. It's the third letter and photograph the newspaper has received from, quote, who done it, H-U-D-U-N-E-T. The third letter. I haven't seen this letter or photograph. I want to see it. Let's, I don't know if it's being kept secret, but let's, let's see it, the Tennessean. And that, my friends, is the saga of the nun bun to this point. I'm sure it's not over. How could it be over? I mean, this is... This is a story for the ages. It will keep going, I'm sure. Thanks, by the way, to Erin Ray, who I mentioned at the the top of this episode. Um, She brought to my attention the fact that Kate Campbell, uh, a Nashville songwriter and a former Bongo Java regular, I'm not sure if she's still a regular there, but she performs a song inspired by the incident called Jesus and Tomatoes Coming Soon. And it's written by Campbell herself, along with Ira Campbell and Johnny Pierce. And it's clever as all get out. Let's let's listen to a piece from the song. In my tomato bed, a holy image, blood red smile. God loves you. I see him on the vine. This just might be a sign. should tell you though um the five thousand dollar no questions asked reward for the return of the nun bun still exists so if you are out there you know where the nun bun is you know get it get that bun and and get it home the you know the bun wants to be home apparently and you can have five thousand dollars no questions asked i mean it sounds like a trap but it, it, it probably is not that's all 
for this episode of Nashville Demystified. Thank you so much to Jesse LaFontaine for all things audio post-production. You are a saint, Jesse. I mean, you're no Mother Teresa bun, but you're still great. Thank you all. We'll talk soon. Profits kept rolling in. I prayed they'd never end and filed for tax exemption. I heard a knocking at my door. Was a lawyer for the Lord saying, Don't do this no more. What's up, pals? It's me, Mother Teresa. (laughs) Just kidding. Just joshing around, you know? Okay.